Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's humbling because I never thought I would be in this many Super Bowl games, honestly. I mean, you, you, you strive to, to be great. Um, but you understand how hard it is to even be in this game. And for us to be in uh, my fourth one and, and my six years of starting, um, it truly is remarkable. And I, I don't take it for granted because you never know if you're going to be able to be back in this game. That was a voice of not yet the GOAT, but working his way into that conversation, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. He's a kid. Right? Yeah, yeah, he, he's goat, a kid, right? man. He's putting, putting that goat. GOAT-esque resume <laughs> together for the moment, though. That is Patrick Mahomes there from Super Bowl week out in Las Vegas. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Let's go out to the guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. And go out to my guy, Danon Hughes. He is on Twitter at DAHughesGuy83. He is one of the voices of the Kansas City Chiefs. He would be doing their radio analysis as he has been for several years at this point. Already got him a couple of Super Bowl rings. He may be adding another one. Come Sunday. Dana, what's happening, man? What's going on, fellas? Viva Las Vegas. We are here. <laughs> you out there in Las Vegas, in Sin City. The Super Bowl atmosphere in a town like Vegas, because when you think about it, it's been, you know, however many years before the NFL wasn't willing to have this, this partnership <laughs> with Las Vegas. And so then you add a squad out there. You got a Super Bowl out there now. How different is the scene for a Vegas Super Bowl versus other ones you've been to? So how powerful is the almighty dollar? Like, you remember <laughs> during the days when I was playing, when you played, basically up until, what, maybe a half a decade, a decade ago, where it was taboo. They didn't even want us to come to Vegas to visit. <laughs> and now you got all of this happening here. But it's wild because I got a chance to walk down the strip. You got the CBS uh, t- television set up. You got all these different tents and other TV stations all set up along the Bellagio and along the uh, multiple hotels. and But it still feels like it's not the biggest thing. It's a weird deal because mm-hmm. Vegas is so Vegas that it feels like this is just like another event that Vegas is hosting. Uh, but I feel like it's going to continue to grow. Once we get to like Friday, yeah. I think it's going to explode. But earlier this week, it just kind of felt like it was just another thing happening in Vegas, which makes Vegas even more special. Uh, you still you got the normal travelers that come here and, and 
in crowds and crowds of people, and then you're going to have the additional people that are going to come here over the weekend. So it's going to be pretty wild. Uh, it is interesting. The Chiefs have never lost in Las Vegas. The Raiders have never hosted a postseason game, and yet the Chiefs are playing the first postseason game. <laughs> Oh, damn. <laughs> so that, that's First the Chiefs. First postseason game and Raiders. <laughs> always finding a way to rub it in say, on the Raiders. Damn, Just twisting damn. that knife on the Raiders that's at uh... every turn. Hey, hey, let me add, look, I'll add a little bonus. Guess which facility the Chiefs are practicing at? <laughs> oh, man. I know they didn't let you use the Raiders facility. You couldn't write it up any better. This is awesome. <laughs> now, were those all the boos? Because that's what we were trying to figure out a little bit the other night when it was kind of the Super Bowl live opening night deal and both teams are up there on the stage together. And every time Mahomes or Kelsey or Jones or somebody got the mic, you would hear all these boos. And I'm like, man, the 49ers fans out there like that already? It's probably mostly Raiders fans, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you got the Raiders fans that are going to pledge allegiance to their former home in, in Northern California and, and join forces with the San Francisco 49ers, and I don't blame them. I mean, it wouldn't be right to have Raider fans cheering for the Chiefs in in anything, hopscotch, flag football, whatever. <laughs> so we expected it. We know even though we're the home team on the scoreboard this week, we'll probably be, uh, you know, the, the undercard or the underdog with the, with the Oakland Raider fans slash Las Vegas Raider fans and the San Francisco 49ers. What do you think about the Kansas City Chiefs being underdogs in this game, you know, two and a half to, to the Niners? I mean, obviously, you know, you've seen this team, you know, all season long, you know, watching how they play. And, and then you hear the storylines about the San Francisco 49ers being the best team with the most talent. You know, do you look at yourself like a giant killer or more like, you know, you've seen this before and this is, this, this you know how this movie ends? Yeah, I think it's it's justified. I mean, let's face it, San Francisco 49ers have been one of the best teams all season long. They had a little bit of a uh, a window of time where they weren't playing their best football, but they didn't have all their best players on the field. And uh, But yet they came on strong uh, at the end and got to this point, got to an opportunity for some retribution against the Chiefs who beat them in Super Bowl 54. For us, it's kind of been an up-down year and uh, some ebbs and flows, especially on the offensive side. And who would have thought, if I was on you guys' show back in July, and I say, you know what, we're going to make it to the Super Bowl, and the story is going to be the Chiefs' defense. You guys would have looked hmm. at me crazy uh, with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey fully healthy. But that's basically the story. Uh, so being an underdog, I, don't, I, I think the guys rally around that. Anthony, you know how we think. You know, nobody believes in us. They said something about my mama. They kicked my dog. Whatever it is, whatever you got to use to get amped up. And I feel like it's just another opportunity for our Chiefs guys to rally around being that underdog and uh, being undervalued. Danon Hughes, Chiefs radio analyst, former player with the Kansas City Chiefs, played also pro baseball as well as one of my guys, a fellow Hawkeye. He is out in Las Vegas getting set to call yet another Super Bowl, probably just the latest of many the way this thing is rolling right now in Kansas City. And Gabe and I were just talking about this a little bit earlier in the show. Just the, you know, like during during my time, kind of that first decade of the 2000s when the Patriots were at the onset of their dynasty, it mm-hmm. took a while for players around the league to kind of fully embrace what the what the Patriots were doing because, you know, it didn't feel like Tom Brady was as great as he ended up becoming. The roster itself wasn't overall that dominant. But mm-hmm. now with Kansas City, 
it's very quickly turning into the thing where it feels like are, are the Chiefs kind of the heel right now? Do you get the vibe that is are people outside of Kansas City rooting against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Well, I, I think so, and it didn't help when we got Taylor Swift on our side. You, you, you look at you know social media and all the people. How many times are we going to pan? Why do we need to see Taylor in the booth? And I'm thinking, like, what do you want to see? A commercial? Like, I, like what? Like, what would you want? There's no action going on. It's not like they're skipping Patrick Mahomes throwing a touchdown so they can see Taylor Swift in the booth. So I, I feel like that just kind of added some gasoline on the fire, but it's also a testament to dominance. Like it's one of those badge of honor deals where when you become the heel, you become it for a reason because not only are your, your opponents and your division rivalries mad because you're having success, but you're having success because you're beating everybody else's uh, opponents and everybody else's fan bases. So I, I feel like it's kind of a rite of passage for, um, for a team like the Chiefs to be kind of transitioning to that heel position because uh, there's also the fact that people just get tired of seeing the same team win. And uh, fortunately, we've done it differently, but we've gotten to the same position for the last five years. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds because you have a situation where Andy Reid can go uh, – over 500 in Super Bowls if he wins. Patrick Mahomes can obviously extend it to three Super Bowls with just one loss. And you'll be talking a lot about the distinction of Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. Maybe you'll start talking more about Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes as well. So uh, there's, a, there's a lot on the line, even though we're so early in Patrick Mahomes' career. And you know what? And a lot of people are going to point to you know Patrick Mahomes if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. But you, know, you mentioned Andy Reid and his importance. And I and I, you know, here in Chicago, obviously we've struggled with the not only the quarterback position but coaches as well, and trying to find someone that has some longevity here in, in, in the city. You know, what what is it when you obviously you're that close to the team? What what is it for you about Andy Reid that, that you can point to? Is you know, is is it the way he's preparing his team? Is it you know just there's just that that little bit of knowledge he can he can give them that, that little bit of competitive advantage? Like for you, what is it? Um, that separates and allows Andy Reid to be in that conversation with some of the greats? Yeah, I think when you got Andy Reid, what we've seen here in Kansas City and in the Chiefs kingdom is the culture is a shift. Now, it was never a terrible culture, but we did go through some dark times with Todd Haley and Scott Pioli, that era, Romeo Cornell, that era, and you just didn't know what the identity of the organization was. When, when Andy came in, he gave it instant credibility, instant class. Now, as far as how he affects the people in the building, the players in the locker room, he allows all the personalities to show itself. And because he allows that and the way he carries himself, in turn, he gets such an, an, an incredible level of respect back at him. So even though there are guys and, you know, there's, there's an assortment of different personalities in a locker room, yet they all recognize the ultimate goal, and they all recognize that they don't want to, uh, at least for the most part, unless you're Kadarius Tony last week, everybody, nobody wants to upset or bother the, the, uh, the, the, the way this thing is moving and Andy Reid in himself. So I, I just feel like there's just a lot of class, a lot of dignity with Andy Reid, and when you watch him, he's like that father-slash-grandfather figure that you just don't want to upset. You don't want him to be sad. Uh, And you go out there and you give your heart and soul 
for the ultimate cause. And fortunately, we've been able to to get to this point. Uh, but I believe Andy Reid has been one of the great, great leaders. You never hear a negative thing said about him from former players, current players, coaches. There's a lot that, to me, I've watched this game for so long, played it for six years, watched it for so long. And when I got in the booth, even before I got in the booth, I used to measure coaches, not by necessarily just the wins and losses, but you know what I'll measure them by? The post-game handshake. There's a lot that's said about what you're, with the perception of a coach. There's a lot that's said about his own integrity uh, at the post-game handshake. When you watch them cross the field and, and they shake hands with the opposing coach, the embrace, the eye contact, the respect, now we can hear all the words because they're mic'd up. And to a man, every year, there's not a time that I've seen a cold shoulder thrown at Andy Reid. There's not a time where it's not been uh, somewhat of an embrace or at least a firm, respectful handshake. And that just tells you a lot about how he's perceived. Danon Hughes, our guest on the Score Hotline, presented by Circus Sports Illinois. Download the Circus Sports app today, presented by Circus Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, CircusLasVegas.com. Um, how much longer do you believe Andy Reid will coach? Because the question is now starting to circulate that perhaps, depending on the result, or maybe not even depending on the result, just the fact that he's been doing it at such a high level for so long mm-hmm. now that Andy Reid, at 65 years old, could potentially hang him up. Now, he's, what, a good six, seven years younger than Bill Belichick, who's still trying to coach. Pete Carroll would still like mm-hmm. to be coaching. Do you think Andy Reid hangs him up anytime soon? I don't think so, and here's why. Like, you live a lifetime as a coach climbing from BYU to Mizzou to the Green Bay Packers and throughout all his illustrious career and his resume – and what, he, what he's been able to do, when you talk about coaching and, and like, like finding the, the four-leaf clover or whatever the good luck charm is, when you've got on your resume as a coach Brett Favre, Donovan McNabb, and now Patrick Mahomes, like that adds life. That adds life to you. Like there's some coaches out there that retired because they were just worn out. They had to deal with the, the, the bad quarterback play every year, questioning their leadership. Uh, you know, the revolving door of playmakers. And Andy Reid has not had to do that. So I feel like he's still got a lot of gas left in the tank because you've got Patrick Mahomes where in his sixth year of starting, only his seventh year in the league, you can make an argument that he's barely in his prime. And so why would you walk away from that? Unless it was health-related, um, I don't know why you would walk away from that. So I feel like he's still got some gas left. I'd like to see him still be a staple in this organization, but he has become an icon in such a short period of time. It's, it's just been an amazing run. Speaking of icons, do I have to give you guys, is it in our contract to give you guys three minutes to talk about Caitlin Clark or? I mean, we certainly can. I mean, you know I mean? Is that, is that, are you guys, you know, I didn't know if that's what was going to be going on here. Cause you know, Ann was it, talking. A requir- isn't that a Hawkeye requirement when there's two Hawkeyes on the air sorry, at one God. time? Oh, you man. Read the fine print. And yeah. then it starts off with like, ah, oh. yeah, right. It's, it's something <laughs> like that. Just get that little it. sound. I mean, it? you know, we're, we're talking about great news. We're talking about, you know, Pat Mahomes. I mean, you know, and you and I a second ago, we're just, you know, kind of leaning into that right uh-huh. there. Right. Mean, do you, do you marvel at her the same way? Uh, that you do with Patrick Mahomes and what she's doing right now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, she's been great. She's been in a great infusion of energy and positivity, not just around 
the University of Iowa and the sports programs, but around the landscape of sports in, in college sports overall. Uh, I got a chance to meet her this summer. I was a backup in Iowa for Zach Johnson's golf tournament, and she was there. She's a big Chiefs fan. She came down to the Chiefs game. Uh, we can actually give her some more credit, not that she needs it, but she came to the Christmas Day. I believe she was at the Christmas Day game where we lost to the Raiders. Um, and that's when our season turned around. So maybe her magic there, <laughs> it didn't necessarily equate to a win that day where she had to drive four and a half hours back home, you know, wearing that loss. But we'll give her a little bit of credit because we have not lost a game since then. So how about that? And both she and Patrick Mahomes, and I guess Andy Reid as well. They're all in the State Farm family also. So, uh-huh. you know, all kind of corollaries. <laughs> you guys there, want there. me to get out this? You guys want me to leave? You guys want me to leave? She got, and she's got one more. she got one more year eligibility. Like, why would you leave? Like, you have, you have become an icon in college sports. You can separate yourself as far as the scoring title, which I believe she's on par to, to, to eclipse over the next week. Right. So maybe she'll stay one more year. She'll take a huge pay cut if she doesn't, so why not stay? <laughs> yeah, it could potentially happen this weekend. They play uh, tomorrow night. They play on the road against – oh, no, they play at home against Penn State tomorrow night. Then they're going on the road to Nebraska Sunday. Nebraska. That'll be on Fox. So, yeah, it'll be actually before you go to work. So you'll have a chance to watch Caitlin Clark break the all-time record, Dana, before you're actually on yeah. the air later on <laughs> Sunday evening. You've gotten a call – what, is this, is this going to be the third Super Bowl now that you've gotten a call since your time calling Chiefs games? Yeah, this is my fourth overall season, my third Super Bowl in the booth. And actually the first Super Bowl when we played the Niners, I was doing pregame and postgame. So I've been kind of part of all four runs, but definitely the third in the booth. So I, I mentioned to Gabe earlier that this to me is the best Chiefs defense that Patrick Mahomes has has been Absolutely. able to to take into a postseason run. What have been your impressions of, of how Steve Spagnuolo has been able to kind of pull this together and get them to this level? Man, I don't know if there's been any more impressive work across the NFL this season than what Steve Spagnuolo has done with this defense. Uh, like I said earlier, to think that you have a healthy Patrick Mahomes all season, you have a healthy Travis Kelsey all season, you win another AFC West title, you host another playoff game, and yet the story has been the defense. And what he's able to do with the personnel, young personnel, like we got a second-year guy, Trent McDuffie, who I believe could be our defensive MVP. You got Legereus Sneed, still kind of young in his career, going to be a hot, hot item on the free agent market this offseason. George Karloftis in his second year. Shamari Connor, a rookie, graded out as the highest-graded safety in the postseason. He's a rookie. Um, you, Nick Bolton, young guy, third year uh, at the linebacker position, the leader of this defense, and then obviously Chris Jones up front. Like there's a there's a bevy of talent on this defense, but how, what he's been able to do and create in regards to adjustments in game has been absolutely phenomenal. You consider the last eight games the Chiefs have played, the opponents in the second half of each game have only averaged four points. Only four points in the second half. You're talking about crunch time, games where you know, you're know winning or losing, comes down to one possession here or there, you're trying to put points on the board to, to knock down Patrick Mahomes or at least keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. And overall in those eight games, the teams have averaged four points in the second half. That tells you a lot about what Spags is doing with this defense.
They're definitely going to need the defense uh, if they want to be victorious on Sunday. That we do know for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dana, we appreciate you jumping on with us, man, giving us so many time. Have a blast for the rest of the week because you know it's going to get more crowded over there. Viva Las Vegas, baby. We're here. <laughs> we are playing at Arrowhead West, a.k.a. Allegiant Field, Raiders Stadium. We appreciate the hospitality. Uh, enjoy yourself, my friend. We'll holler at you, Dana. This is great. He's hilarious. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if there's any rivalry that does feel a bit like a college sports rivalry, the Chiefs and the Raiders cannot stand each other. So, I mean, that's the first thing he's saying is trying to figure out a way to twist the knife on the Raiders, the fact that they're in their house making this happen. It's funny you say that because I didn't realize that until I watched Quarterback on Netflix. Okay. You know, because, like, you, you see it and you think, yeah, you never really pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And then when you saw Quarterback on Netflix and you actually saw the severity yeah, of it, you're like, oh, right. okay. And then you hear Dana talking to trash. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, uh, wow, they're not even yeah. – they're not even poor Raiders. They're just chilling on the sidelines, yeah. trying to just enjoy an NFL game. And they're like, no, no, no. You got to go cheer for the other team. Don't you <laughs> I mean, be better on that. think about it, man. Like Bears-Packers, obviously, and Chiefs-Raiders. I guess, like, you know, Washington and Dallas has a lot of heat to it also. So there, there's a few rivalries in the NFL that are just, like, at the pinnacle at the top of the list. Some of them sort of navigate around a little bit depending on how good certain teams are or whatever. Like Pittsburgh and Baltimore was a thing for a little while when both teams were really good at the same time. But, yeah, Chiefs-Raiders has so much history behind it because both franchises, you know, feel like kind of charter franchise in the NFL. Just going back to like the 60s and 70s and the Super Bowls that each have had opportunities at over the years. They've been going at it for a while. Man, it's it's, it's crazy, man, to think about that. Two people that have been uh, going at it for a while have been Caleb Williams and Justin Fields. But you, Anthony Heron, have have a liking for or a comparison for Caleb Williams and Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a parallel there between the the celebrity status of college athletes and the the way that they've been covered with such scrutiny up to this point. And each, I think, has kind of a similar situation that they're stepping into as they get ready to prepare to go pro. Let's talk about the two of them, and then don't, at the bottom of the hour, I have a friend of mine, diehard 49ers fan, going to come on and just, you know, fangirl out. <laughs> I just can't wait. I can't wait to hear because I have no, no interest in this uh, Super Bowl like that, but it's always good to have uh, the excitement of another fan base. We'll do it at the bottom of the hour, but then we will uh, do a little uh, Caleb versus Caitlin on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez. Anthony Heron, it's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Davis, time winding down. Are they going to get the ball up in time? Clark for the win! Yeah! Oh! She does it time and time again, the 40 piece! That's how I feel on Mondays when I'm playing basketball. <laughs> in that game winner. Step back 30 footers? Oh, okay, just game winner. Yours maybe from like the more of the 12 to 15 foot range? You know, I will be honest. My my 15 to 18 is a nice. bucket. Yo, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I step inside a three-point line. I see you, I'm DeMar. old school. I'm old school. Right. Yeah, that's that's a thing, man. <laughs> like, I came from the era of Derrick Rose and like Mike where it's like you got to get mm. to the and, – and where you play 21 and 32s in Chicago where you got to get to the cup. Uh-huh. You got to score. You can't be shooting threes, right? You can, there's no where's the three point line? Hmm. It's too. It's on the cement. You can't find it. You don't. Uh, uh-uh. buckets only, tippings, all that good stuff. <laughs> and so for me, growing up, I was just the guy that could take off the dribble. You know, I I I, I break you down and I get past you. I was quick, so I, I would be able to get to the cup, finish around the rim. And then, what happens, which I didn't realize when I was, you know, in my teenage years, trying to you know, really carve out my game. Mm-hmm. Is that when you get older, you're not as athletic. <laughs> so you're excited to get back on the court and recognize that. I feel so it. I was like, oh, damn, wait. I'm playing these young kids, and they all got burners because they've been watching <laughs> Steph Curry. And I'm, like, trying to get to the cup still, but they're just faster than me, and they uh-huh. just play defense. And I'm like, wait a second. All right, I can't drive to the hole. I can't shoot as good as you. I'm going to have to foul you. <laughs> you're going to be that guy? Just I'm the, the, the I'm old the hacking guy? Yeah. yeah, I'm putting you in the post because Lord knows uh-huh. you play no defense. These kids play no defense, uh, but I'm definitely playing high. No, nah, because this is what I say, Ant. They, th- they say I'm hacking, and I just say, you soft. <laughs> now you sound real old. You soft. We play defense. That's what we do. Uh, but, but two people that are not soft, that we do know. Well, some would argue that Caleb, <laughs> Caleb Wood is a little soft. Uh, but Caleb Clark, without a doubt, absolutely not. Mm. And I'm, I'm really interested in this comparison that you were making earlier in the week with Bernstein and Holmes, correct? Yeah, yeah. Talked to him about it, like, briefly. But, yeah, yeah. Talked to about it with them on my Monday then. spot with them. Yep. Because the the way that we've been, and we really, the collective kind of sports conversation about Caleb Williams has been about his greatness since he was coming out of high school. He was, by most recruiting services, the number one quarterback in the country. Certainly him and Quinn Ewers, who's going back to college for another year at Texas. They were the top two quarterbacks coming out in their cycle. It was Caleb the top guy. was Quinn the top guy. Caleb was a five-star QB. Goes and joins up with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, then transfers after his freshman year with Lincoln Riley to USC. And after seeing the flashes of brilliance, even in some limited time where he began his true freshman season as a backup, then started uh, the kind of the last month of the season, basically, in that Oklahoma year, saw flashes of brilliance there. Then he went to USC his first year there. His true sophomore season won the Heisman Trophy. Just lit the world ablaze. And we've been talking for years now about Caleb Williams as the presumptive number one pick in this coming draft cycle. And in addition to that, because there's been other quarterbacks who – 
we've sort of had years to think about in this regard. The most recent one was Trevor Lawrence. We thought about him. He was the number one quarterback in the country when he came out. I covered him when he was coming out of high school, and he was the the top, you know, recruiting profile since Andrew Luck. He was that most recent guy who was discussed in that same light, who we knew. He won a national championship his freshman year. That's your number one pick in the draft when he's allowed to come out. Should Trevor Lawrence maybe sit out his third season? Because we already know he's a proven commodity. So some of this similar conversation was there about Trevor Lawrence. It's enhanced now with Caleb Williams because he's even viewed as a more remarkable prospect than Trevor Lawrence. But then also you have this modern college athlete where not only are we looking at Caleb Williams for one of the peak brands in college football, but then also now with NIL, the opportunity he's been able to take advantage of to maximize his personal brand, to profit beyond just the the same scholarship that I was getting, you know, 20 plus years ago. There's billboards of Caleb Williams. There's national TV spots with Caleb Williams and Dr. Pepper and, and all these other things where, where now he is a, a true commodity as a college athlete. He's a millionaire, a multimillionaire reportedly as a college athlete now on his way to the National Football League. So the conversation about Caleb Williams is different now than any other prospect, anyone who's even been considered as the number one pick in this coming draft than we've seen before because we already view him as a pro. He's in, in a lot of ways been treated as a pro in that L.A. market for years at this point. Caitlin Clark in a similar vein now, and really in some ways even beyond Caleb because Caitlin Clark has now revolutionized the way that the current female athlete is being viewed, and she transcends her sport with the, with the coverage of and the eyeballs on her games for Iowa basketball. You know, over 9 million people watching the national championship game last year. Just a, a remarkable number. Just shattered the all-time record for – for the, the viewership of a women's college basketball game. You know, more viewers on that game and, frankly, more viewers on some of her regular season games at this point than you see on many men's events now. And most of it is her as the biggest draw with that. So now she's gotten a level of acclaim and discussion and consumption that goes beyond anything we've seen for kind of a modern college female athlete. Both these athletes have been getting discussed and getting scrutinized in a way that we very rarely see college athletes scrutinized on their way to the pros. And so now, just like we were talking about asking George Kittle and a bunch of others about Caleb Williams, he is, even during Super Bowl week, the Bears having the number one pick and whether or not Caleb Williams is worth it has dominated a lot of the Super Bowl week conversation in Las Vegas. Caitlin Clark and her pursuit of the record, she's 65 points short of the all-time scoring record. In, college, in women's college basketball. She's going to pass Pete Maravich's all-time college basketball scoring record by the end of the season, too. She's 200 points short of that, roughly. But people like Cheryl Swoops recently reacting last week. and What'd she say? She basically... It, it was, hating? It's one of these things where it was a brief clip, and it was kind of viewed as her hating on Caitlin Clark. She was really misinformed on Caitlin Clark. I didn't take it completely as Cheryl Swoops okay. hating. But basically what she ended up saying, because she's, she's going to pass this all-time record, Kelsey Plum... The she who played yeah, at Washington just a few seasons ago. She's now with the Las Vegas Aces. She's right now the all-time scoring leader in women's college basketball. She achieved that record in four years. But because of all these COVID athletes who've had an extra year in college, like Danny Hughes referenced, Caitlin Clark is eligible for another season. But she's in year four right now. She's about to set this record. 
in four years and do it in less games than Kelsey Plum did when she set the all-time scoring record a few years ago. But Cheryl Swoops was misinformed on that, and so she was on Gilbert Arenas' podcast last week talking about it. There's a bunch of guys in the room. They're kind of assuming that Cheryl Swoops, WNBA legend and current (laughs) basketball analyst, all right, if anybody here sitting around is informed on Caitlin Clark, it's got to be Cheryl Swoops. She didn't have her facts straight. She was thinking Caitlin Clark was in her COVID season right now. She's like, yeah, I don't know if I view it as as the true record because okay. Kelsey Plum achieved it in four years. So if Caitlin Clark does it in five years and it doesn't really feel the same. Eventually, later in the podcast, she was eventually corrected on that as they kind of did a little bit more homework. But my comparison with the two, the parallel I see is that each of them really through very little fault of their own, are getting scrutinized to the nth degree in a way that we rarely scrutinize the college athlete on their way to the professional route. And because they've both gotten discussed so much, now it's kind of like rumor and speculation is, is a part of the conversation about them. So there is this sort of Taylor Swift effect with both of them because there's kind of all the almost this overexposure that they've gotten so the conversation turns very quickly to the general public being annoyed with them yeah. or tired of them. And if a lot of folks start hating on them for almost anything, and that's kind of colored the discussion about Caleb Williams here in Chicago too because he hasn't been the one saying, I don't want to come to the Bears. Other folks have talked about that for him. He wasn't the one saying, I'm thinking about sitting out the rest of the season after we lost to Notre Dame. Other folks were saying maybe he should do that. And now it's colored the perception of Caleb Williams. So I think there's legitimate questions, legitimate scrutiny about whether or not him as a prospect and how will he transition? How does his game transition to the NFL? That I think is legit. The other stuff, I haven't seen Caleb Williams in public do anything that I think should detract from the thought of him as a competitor, the thought of of whether or not he can handle a big stage. He's been the quarterback in LA. He's been one of the biggest stars in Los Angeles for two years now. He's been able to handle that. Now, yes, there was a game where he didn't talk to the media afterwards. Sure, there's an image of him crying in the stands with his mom hugging him after a big loss. You know, does that mean that he's not a competitor? Does that mean that he just loves the game and loves his team that much? That's the thing that I do find a little bit unfortunate where very quickly athletes like this, like Caleb Williams, like Caitlin Clark, get put on a pedestal get you know get their image blasted everywhere and they get the spoils of that and the positives that come with it while at the same time at every opportunity for a perceived slight against them now very quickly more now more than ever in the present day there are folks who look for that opportunity to detract from their accomplishments or from their potential in the professional realm too and I find that to be an interesting parallel between each of them Caleb Williams and Caitlin Clark and Caleb you know I, I think it's still at this point will likely end up as the Bears quarterback. They will likely take him number one overall. But he's got an image that's been detracted from with all this additional, the conversation and the discussion, the scrutiny on him. And to me, a lot of the negative tenor that is there to it hasn't been by his doing. It's been by other people talking about him. Yeah, I think think ultimately, you know, when you got someone – you know, you mentioned like the college athlete that is going to the next level isn't as, as, as scrutinized as much as these two that we're mentioning, right? Caitlin Clark and Caleb Williams. And I, and I say to myself, okay, well, you know, th- this is a guy who, you know, once you get to that level and once you, more eyes are going to be on you naturally. 
And then when you look at any kind of argument in the, in the United States, for that matter, right, mm-hmm. it's going to end up 50-50, right? Yeah. If, 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 if that many eyes are on it, if it's, if it's Taylor Swift snubbing Celine Dion at the Grammys, <laughs> half the people are going to be like, oh, she didn't really snub her. And half the people are like, eyes uh, are just on it, right? Yeah, and yeah. in this situation, you're, all the eyes are on Caitlin Clark. So people are going to say, uh, you know, is, is he that good? Is Tom Brady the paper champion? Mm. Is Caleb Williams the truth? Is LeBron James going to be the next best, best thing coming out? <laughs> like, you know, like it's just natural to say that because there is going to be a wave of naysayers because no one is going to then push in the same direction when it comes to somebody that is being touted as one of the best mm. without having proven it, yeah. right? Caitlin Clark has done it in, in college. Can't she do it in the WNBA? Can't she do it against the best competition? You know, it's harder. Can Caleb Williams be that guy? Get, you know, oh, Lincoln Riley, look at all these quarterbacks. Like, people are going to make excuses about anything. Mm. And I think ultimately what we've realized is that, yeah, people are going to be on either side of it, but uh, the best of the best come through on top right. on the other side. And that yep. we do know, uh, despite the scrutiny, guys like LeBron James, as much as I like to hate on him, mm-hmm. um, still prove that he can be, you know, one of the best uh, all time in the league. Um, somebody not, tried. Not the goat, though. Not the goat. Hell no. <laughs> not even the kid. <laughs> LeBron James. LeBron James. <laughs> hell no. <nah. laughs> That's what I would have said. Uh, all right. Uh, coming up next, uh, we get to talk to a guy who wants his team to be, that wants his team to be the GOATs, to be the greatest at the end of the NFL season. Um, what does a 49ers fan sound like? You probably don't even know. Do you know a 49ers fan? I don't, I don't know many people that do. <laughs> This guy walks around with a Niners jacket, reps it hard, and it's disgusting. Uh, We're going to talk to one of my good friends, Raymond. Uh, Get his update on the Niners. What is he feeling? Where are the people of Chicago, the Niners fans of Chicago, where are they watching the big game at? Uh, We'll talk to him about that as well. We'll do it after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670. The score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez. On 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. We know what a Chicago Bears fan sounds like. <laughs> what is that? That's your impression of a Bears fan. <laughs> Am I wrong? Tell me when I'm wrong, eh? Tell me when I'm wrong. No lies detected. Right, that's what I thought. But what does it sound like if you are a fan of a team playing in the Super Bowl this weekend and you don't have to cheer for Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, we get to talk to our next guest. Good friend of mine, Raymond. Raymond, what up? Welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Happy to be here. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah, of course you are. You're so happy because you get to watch a game because you're one of the few people still watching a football game while we're all crying tears about what we're going to do. So talk to me about, like, well, first of all, where are you, a 49ers fan living in Chicago, uh, watching the, the Super Bowl? Yeah, uh, just watching at home. We got a, uh, a Bay Area crew that we've accrued over the last few years. And shout out to Jason, Andrew, and Chris. Uh, we just watched it at my house. Every you guys, week. you guys are called the Hyphy Crew. Is that what it is? You guys, you guys uh, listen to E forty to get yourselves worked up. Oh, definitely some Kilo, <laughs> too short, all of it. Dollar, dollar. A lot of people. I mean, I, oh, what do you got to say to the people that think like Patrick Mahomes is just so amazing, and that he's just gonna, you know, obviously, you know, that the Niners are favored, but but it's Patrick Mahomes. What do you say to those those Patrick Mahomes lovers? 
Hey, man, I don't disagree with him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, and he's definitely, you know, one of those guys that you're intimidated to go up against. So uh, hopefully we can rise up to the challenge and get a W this weekend. Now, how much confidence do you have in Brock Purdy? Because the neither of the playoff games they've played so far, first three quarters haven't looked that solid, but he has come through in the fourth. So what do you feel about the Niners QB? Yeah, man, you, you said it. He's come through in the fourth. Uh, Brock's got that dog in him. And, uh, you know, I think he gets a bad rep for having a lot of talent around him. Uh, but since, you know, we've had Kyle Shanahan, you know, the offense looks completely different with him back there. So I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, but, you know, we kind of stumbled into a franchise quarterback. And oh. as a Niner fan, oh. we, uh, oh. we love it. We're talking to my good friend Raymond here on 670 score. Gabe Ramirez, along with Anthony here, franchise quarterback. Now, I am curious because this feels like it's a big game for Kyle Shanahan, but also since we're talking about Brock Purdy, it feels like a big game for Brock Purdy because in the not-too-distant past, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo was the guy who seemingly was turning around the fortunes of the 49ers, and they were getting some things figured out with him behind center. And then he basically missed one big pass. Like mm. He overthrew a receiver in the Super Bowl that presumably could have won the game. Next thing you know, he's getting run up out the Bay Area. They can't wait to unload him. You go out, you're drafting QBs, signing other QBs. We were one completed deep ball away from Jimmy G being the quote-unquote franchise quarterback in San yeah. Francisco. Do you feel better about Brock Purdy right now than you did that last time they made the big game with Jimmy G? Yeah, man, we don't want to talk about that pass. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Spoken like a good Niner fan right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I will say, again, it looks completely different with Brock back there. If you watch as much Niners football as I do, it's just a completely different offense. You know, when Jimmy was dropping back and was throwing passes, we're all kind of holding our breath. With Brock back there, we we expect a positive result. Wow. So. Must be nice. That's how we feel about – or that's how I feel about Justin Fields versus the field. Where with Justin Fields, when he drops back, I'm a little nervous. I just want a quarterback that I feel comfortable about. That's all. Oh, I didn't. Did I need to bring up Justin Fields in my take <laughs> during this whole thing? I probably did. Uh, so if you guys lose, though, you blowing the whole thing up or what? No, man. I think we run it back. Uh, I, this is his first full season um, back there, so it's looking good so far. All right, all right. All right. Well, give me yeah, a predict- we, Give me a, uh, Give me a prediction on the score, Raven. Oh man. Um, I like our matchups. I think we uh, it's, they're, they're both going to have the same game plan, get up early and then bleed the clock. I like the Niners 24-17. Which team has a better tight end on the field? Ooh. Uh, all around, George Kittle. <laughs> of course he's going to say that. Like, what else Catching touchdowns, to? Travis Kelsey. Dayton pop stars, Travis Kelsey. Right <laughs> Love it. Hey, uh, Raven is the one that uh, sold me my house, guys. So if you, okay. guys, you guys need a, a nice real estate agent, hit me up, holler at me. I'll send you Raymond's information. Uh, I'll right, take man. care of you as well. All right, Raymond, appreciate, appreciate you. Of course, man. Uh, enjoy the weekend. And I really don't care who wins the game. Actually, I haven't bet yet. So, But once I do, um, I hope it'll be the Chiefs. But as of right now, I hope may the best team, <laughs> may the best <laughs> team win. All right, Raymond, take it easy, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, man. Yeah, he, he's one of the few people. I remember when I first met him, I was like, wait. You're like from? Uh, he's like, yeah. Hmm. He's like, I rock with the Niners. I'm like, what? And then he'd come out with the jackets, yeah. and he'd like be showing. You know, obviously you follow people on social media. You're watching him at his little Niner Bay mm. Area Club guy thing that he does, <laughs> and you're just like, Ugh. and then they're winning, and you're like, really? 
Like I'm <laughs> suffering in Chicago Beardom right, and and yeah. you're next to me celebrating and I'm just like it's the worst thing. <laughs> and they're one of these squads where they've been able to through various QBs in recent years. I mean, you can even go back to the the Jim Harbaugh time there where over the past decade when Harbaugh kind of brought them out of the doldrums a little bit. All right, they started winning. He revitalized Alex Smith's career. Then you had the Colin Kaepernick time for a few seasons. Then, you know, Kyle Shanahan comes in and he, he goes through Jimmy G and, you know, brief periods with a couple other guys. But now we'll see, man. Brock Purdy, I, I pay a lot of respect to Brock Purdy and what he's accomplished so far. Just he's a young football player, second year in the league. Yeah, Mr. Irrelevant, the whole storyline. And – yeah, there's a bunch of quarterbacks in football that I believe sitting here as of today are better football players than Brock Purdy. But to me, that shouldn't that shouldn't sound like I'm detracting from what Brock Purdy has done. Because the quarterback position is hard. And yes, he does have a bunch of talent around him. And I, I don't think it needs to be this thing where we act like Brock Purdy is one of the best quarterbacks in the business. It, it's very easy to see the situation that he's in, but he has capitalized on that. He is maximizing the position that he finds himself in. But, you know... Kirk Cousins would be doing even better than this if he was there. Baker Mayfield is a better football player right. than Brock Purdy. You don't even have to go to the the best quarterbacks in the business, in my opinion, to say, like, all right, just comparing one-to-one, there's a bunch of quarterbacks around the league I think are better football players than Brock Purdy, while at the same time, man, this dude, he's, he's balling. Like, when it matters, especially key drives, late in games, yes, that matters, and respect to him for that. I just think we've – we, as a sports collective, have become – it's difficult to have nuanced conversations about these things because the discussion gets so polarized. Either you think Brock Purdy is worthy of an MVP or you think he should be right. out of the league. Or, and neither is true, in my opinion. Right. Or it just goes to whether you take him over Justin Fields. At the end of the day in Chicago. All right. Here's what I would love to do at the top of the eight, Ant. Mm-hmm. I would love to look at these two teams that are in the Super Bowl. Okay. And go through like respective positions, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like they'll say the quarterbacks. Okay, we got Brock Purdy, we got Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. and then I want to compare it to the Bears and where they're at, okay, and try to find out like well, how mu- how much of a gap is there between right. specific positions that are important, right? Yeah. That obviously led them to the Super Bowl run, right. and where the Bears are, so we can find that gap and really just have a good discussion about that. And then later on in the eight o'clock hour, uh, you and I need to talk about these these new renderings for the uh, Chicago White Sox. Yeah, Stadium. some stuff just hit Looking hit sexy. social, man. Yeah, uh, we still got one more hour to go. Make sure you hear with us. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.